0: Gone. so we've been talking about last Sunday we started talking about a way in the wilderness we're talking here out of Isaiah chapter 35 and I want to continue there on today uh, which is a messianic chapter it tells us what the Messiah will do when the Messiah comes but we know that according to scripture that the Messiah has already come right so uh, we stated this last week as we started this, that when the Messiah comes, the first thing that he will bring is strength. And so he, we now have strength available to us because he has already come, amen? And so I give you uh, three simple ways that we can receive strength from God and uh, from Jesus, from the Messiah, Three very, very simple ways last Sunday that we talked about that. Today, I want to talk to you out of this same chapter, uh, and I want to move on from strength to signs. It tells us here in Isaiah chapter 35 and verse five, we left off in verse four last week, verse five, he tells us that he will bring signs and wonders with him. It says, Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped, and then shall the lame man leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. So what he's saying is the Messiah is going to bring signs and wonders. And I, I want us to understand today that it is not just a natural thing, but it is also a supernatural thing because God is is a God that that does the natural, but also does the supernatural. I wanna say it like this, it is natural for God to do supernatural things. It is natural for God to do supernatural things. He does miracles, it's normal for him to do miracles. God does signs, he does wonders, Jesus did miracles while he was here on the earth and we see those miracles I have seen miracles I've seen many miracles it seems for whatever reason many overseas whenever uh, we're there we see miracles continually one of the things that we tell the people when we do Crusades is that the God that we serve does miracles If you do not see a miracle here tonight, then you can uh, believe that we're false prophets and should run us out of town and never believe that we are men of God but if you see miracles here tonight then you must believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ this one that we preach about and know that he is the true living God and God is faithful each and every night to do miracles blind eyes have opened, deaf have uh, been restored I've seen the crippled leap for joy I've seen all of these miracles that have taken place not just there but I've seen it here in America but not on a regular Basis, like I have there, so people come too late to tell me that that miracles are no longer available to us. In fact, while one of the things that have happened here during the coronavirus, as we've upped our our, our live feed and going to Facebook Live and f- live feed, and and people, of course, when uh, the churches are shut down, they were looking uh, on the internet, and people have found us, uh, that I have uh, preached somewhere and, and ministered to them somewhere, and I have received uh, messages telling me that, that whenever we prayed for them, that God worked a miracle, that cancer was healed, that their bodies were restored. One lady sent me a letter, and I don't even remember the thing. I mean, you know, after you've done this 40 years, you can't remember every single thing. But she told me that they called me and I came to the emergency room where her child was dying and we prayed the prayer of faith and she sent me a picture and said he's still alive and well when the doctor said he was sure to die amen that's the God that we serve and it isn't about me it's about the God we serve it's about the God that we serve doing miracles amen and so here's what we need to know. We need to remember that the Bible tells us Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. And when he, if he ever done miracles, he's still doing miracles. If he ever did signs and wonders, he's still doing signs and wonders today. Because God is doing miracles And so this is what I want us to see today is that God is a God of miracles and he has not quit doing that because God is not dead he isn't even sick he's alive he's a well and he's doing great things even in the earth today can someone say Amen The first thing I want us to look at today is simply that it God does signs and wonders God does signs I love that word wonder I was thinking the other day I was driving down the road that it seems that we have lost our wonder right we've lost our wonder we've lost the awe of God we've lost that something that that we think that we have figured it out I've said this before the old church couldn't tell you how to do it they just did it and the modern day church can tell you how to do it but don't do it and so we have to come we've come to this place where that we have lost the wonder Uh, You know, even in our worship services, there ought to be wonder when we leave the house of God. What I mean by that is that we cannot explain everything that happens in a worship service. Because yes, we should be prepared. Yes, we should be. Uh, we should be ready. We should prepare ourselves. We should do our very best and do it with a spirit of excellence. But there should be a vacuum. There should be a place in the house of God where we cannot explain the things that have happened because it is God that does the work. Nobody can explain how that a, a God can take a vile, wicked person and they come to the altar. Accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, and He turns them into a teddy bear. Amen. Nobody can explain how that you can come with your sickness or you can come with your need or you can come so oppressed and depressed and whenever you cast your care that we talked about last Sunday upon the Lord, that in that moment and in that season of casting your care, you can leave feeling light, feeling that everything is going to be okay. How is that? It's a wonder. It's the awe of God. It's because we know that God has done something we cannot explain, but we know that He is at work in our lives. Amen? You don't know why God decides to do what He does, and you don't know how He does it. We just know that He does it. And for some people, our mind is the greatest asset that we have but it is also the greatest liability that we have because we have to figure everything out first. But I just want you to understand that eyes have not seen and ears have not heard. And neither is it entered into the heart of man, the things that God has in store. What that simply means to me is this, that when you get to the greatest grandiose in your mind, in your imagination, God says, I'm going to blow your mind. I can do greater than that. I can do more than that. I can accomplish more in your life than you can even imagine or you can believe me for, right? And so you can learn about him and you can know him but god is infinite god is is never ending it's like it's like your kids when your kids come to you and say what is the largest number in the world what's the greatest number in the world well the answer simply is there is none because whenever you think that you've got to the end of it you can always add one more amen and that's the way God is. He, whenever you think you've come to the end of God, when you think that you know everything there is to know about God, that there is still more of God that we can, cannot comprehend or understand. But one thing we know that in His infinite wisdom and power, that God does signs and wonders among His people. Amen. So let's look at a few of those here this morning. In Exodus chapter 7 and verse 3, he said, I will harden Pharaoh's heart and multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. Here we have the second book of the Bible and God is talking about his signs and wonders. In Psalms 135 and verse 9, he sent signs and wonders into the midst of you. In Daniel chapter 3, or excuse me, 4 and 3, how great are his signs and how mighty is his wonders. Then in Acts chapter 2 and verse 22, men of Israel hear the words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man uh, attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did through him in your midst. And then also, we just look in Acts 2 and verse 43, and it said, Then the fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Right? How come I include that? Because I want you to see that not only did God and Jesus do miracles, but the apostles did miracles through God. Amen? So let's keep going. And Romans chapter fifteen and verse eighteen, he said, "I will not uh, dare to speak to you." This is Paul talking to the Romans to any of those things which Christ has not accomplished through me, in word and deed, to make the Gentiles obedient in might, mighty signs and wonders. And so, what Paul was saying is, he said, "I'm not going to preach anything that I can't perform." It's powerful he says not only did Jesus do it not only did God do it but he said I'm not even gonna talk about anything that God doesn't do through me amen and so Paul did these signs and wonders of course through the power of the Holy Spirit in hebrews chapter 2 and verse 4 god also bearing witness both of signs and wonders with various miracles and the gift uh, gifts of the holy spirit now i like this because i just want to say that some people will say that gifts of the holy spirit are passed away they say that miracles signs and wonders i've already alluded to this are passed away uh, the only problem with that is Is God is not passed away so what God does hasn't ever stopped he's the same yesterday today and forever so what he has always done he is always doing amen there's not one single thing that you'll ever find in Scripture that God ever did that he's not still doing he's the same yesterday today and forever So just don't believe a theology that tells you that God doesn't do miracles anymore Because God still does miracles because he is a miracle working God The second thing that I want to talk to you about is God heals you Not just physically but spiritually He doesn't just heal you physically he heals you as well spiritually And it's very important for us to know this because I want us to just talk about something here. He said that the blind will see. He said the deaf will hear and the lame are going to walk and the mute are going to speak. That's wonderful. Amen. That's wonderful. The deaf are going to hear. The blind are going to see. The The mute are going to uh, speak. He said that that the crippled are going to walk. And and that is in the natural. But I also want you to understand he does that for us in the spirit. And it's maybe even more important that it happened in the spirit than it is in the natural. Because the scripture says that that it would be better for us to enter into heaven lying, lame or blind than to go into hell that way, and so it, we it is uh, pretty fun for us whenever we are healed spiritually, and our spiritual eyes are open, and we have those aha moments. We're reading the scripture. And then something is revealed to us, our eyes are open, and we see something we never seen before. And we have that aha moment. Have you ever had that? Your eyes are open so that you see what you could not see before. Your spiritual ears can begin to hear the voice of God so that when god speaks to you in some way and, and, and that could be through prayer that could be through the scripture that could be through times of worship that he puts something in your heart that he speaks to you and gives you direction for your life that that it is wonderful to be able to know that god has spoke to you and gave you direction it's also fun to know that he heals our lameness Whenever we couldn't walk, whenever we couldn't stand, right? We didn't have the spiritual tenacity and strength to stand, but God heals our legs so that we can stand before men. Amen. And then, and then God looses your tongue when you're afraid to speak to people, right? When you're afraid to speak to people. And then God looses your tongue and gives you a boldness that you are able to share your faith with somebody else in a crisis in their own life. It's a wonderful thing to be healed, not only physically, that's glorious, but spiritually. In Acts chapter 2, when God loosed their tongues at the coming of The Holy Spirit at Pentecost, they heard them speak the wonderful works of God in their own language. So, we want God to also do it spiritually for us. Amen. So, I want to show you something about this that lets you know that when you're saved, when the Messiah has come, and He's come, yes, when He has come, then He makes us whole. In Luke there's a story of the 10 lepers. You remember that? There's these 10 lepers, one of them is a Samaritan, the other 9 are Jews, and they come and they uh, to Jesus and Jesus heals them all. But then there is the one that comes back and thanks Jesus for the healing. Sometimes whenever God does a work in our life, we forget to thank him. But you should never spend more time asking God to do a thing than you're willing to spend praising him for it when he does it. He went back to Jesus, he found him, and he thanked him for healing him, and Jesus looks at him and says, were there not ten of you? Were there not ten of you that were healed? And now, where are the other nine? Only one of them returns to give God thanks, and he's a foreigner. He's estranged. But then all he said to him is, Arise and go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Amen? Amen? Your faith has made you whole. Now this made you whole in the Greek is three words, made you whole. And the ten of them were healed. Right? To be healed means that the sickness stops. Right? If you have cancer, you have diabetes, you have leprosy then the leprosy goes no further. The sickness, the cancer stops. You're healed and it, and it goes no further. And he says, 10 of you were healed where the leprosy stopped. It quit affecting your body. It quit eating away at your body. But he said, your faith has made you whole, made you well, made you complete. Right? That's what that word means. That word whole there means to be completely or made whole, spirit, soul, and body. Amen? Amen. The Greek word pronounced sodizo, but we pronounce it in the English sozo, but it means to be made whole, to be healed, spirit, soul, and body, to be made whole, to be made well. One, when you look at it in its original form, it means to be restored back to a place of completeness. So these others got a real blessing. All 10 of them got a real blessing in that the leprosy wasn't going to kill them. It had to stop in its tracks and no longer could affect them any further. But the one that came back with thanksgiving in his heart not only got healed, he got restored. That means that everything that the leprosy had done to him had to be restored back to a place of completeness, of wholeness. So if it it ate off his ear, his ear grew back. If it took his toes, his toes came back. If it if it affected his organs, his organs were made whole. They were restored back to a place of completion. Glory to God. You see, I'm telling you today that, that, that this definition in the Strong's Concordance it says that there there's several different things, but it means uh, the that to be delivered and to be saved. And so the Messiah brings deliverance and brings salvation. That you will be made whole, spirit, soul, and body. He said, Beloved, I would desire that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. In other words, he's saying, I want you to have every attribute of your life spirit, soul, and body. I'm not just concerned about your spirit. I'm not just concerned about your soul, but I want you whole and complete in every attribute of your life, in your mind. Your soul, what is your soul? Your suke, your mind, your will, and your emotions are whole, complete, right? Your spirit is saved. Your soul is being received as you receive with meekness the engrafted word of God that is able to save your soul. Amen. And your flesh is always going to hold out. That's the reason why you've got to learn how to control what you cannot conquer. Amen. And so the Messiah brings deliverance and salvation and you've been made whole. This word is used in the New Testament a hundred and ten times. This Greek word sozo is ninety three times and Think about this, 85% of those, 93 out of 110 times, it's translated save or saved. As a matter of fact, here's one of the most famous verses that Sozo has used. Whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be made whole, spirit, soul, and body. okay here's what i'm trying to tell you here's what i'm trying to tell you i'm trying to tell you whosoever calls on the name of the lord has already their eyes have been opened spiritually already your spiritual ears can hear he's already healed your lameness he's already loosed your tongue he's already done this for you right And like we said last, why? Because last week we said that the Messiah has already came. He brought strength and he has already came. And he has, for those who have called upon his name, he has already gave you strength. In all of these areas. Here's something we need to know. We have already been made whole. how do i know that because of the finished work of calvary he's made us whole so let me just show you a few verses on opening your spiritual eyes and ears jeremiah 5 and 21 hear this now O foolish people without understanding see you do not understand if you don't have your spiritual eyes open who have eyes to see And not and who have ears to hear and hear not Ezekiel 12 and 2 he said the son of man you dwell in the midst of a rebellious house which eyes to see but does not see ears to hear but does not hear remember when Paul was called Saul before on the Damascus Road and he meets Jesus he's blinded literally in the natural, but Ananias comes and lays his hands on him. And in Acts chapter 9 and verse 18, it says, Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once. Well, he not only received his physical sight, he received his spiritual sight. Because when you read the writings, Paul, uh, some of the things that were pretty hard to understand in the Bible, he says that this guy began to see the spirit and he began to think it's, it, it's how fantastic it is that God has opened my eyes and I can see. Not just physically, but spiritually. Amen. Amen. Women can see things in the spirit, but sometimes they can see things in the natural. For instance, I can go to my closet and I can uh, look through my closet for a certain shirt that I'm looking for. And I look and I look and I look and I go through them individually, one at a time. And then I turn to Renee and I say, I can't find it. It ain't in there. And she walks over there and pulls it out and says, here it is. Voodoo woman. (laughs) Making things appear that weren't even there. You know what I'm saying, men. Somehow they can find things that are hidden from us. All right. God not only heals naturally, God heals spiritually as well. The reason I'm saying that is that God wants to heal us in every attribute of our life physically spiritually mentally emotionally everything he wants to do that in us and he wants to come and heal us emotionally and he wants to heal the brokenhearted and that's part of salvation here's the third thing then i'll let you go home today well it's not like i'm keeping you but you know what i'm saying The third thing is God opens wombs, God opens wombs. Now this is scriptural, God opens wombs. I'm going to show you something at first and then you're probably gonna say, well, why are you talking about that? But if you remember, Abraham laid uh, about lied about Sarah because she was beautiful he was afraid, you know, that they were going to kill him and all of those things, right? And Amalek, the king, took her into his uh, harem, and, but he didn't sleep with her because God shows up in a dream and shows him and says, if you touch her, you're going to be a dead man. And Amalek, he obviously uh, gives Sarah back. And all of that in Genesis chapter twenty and verse eighteen, it says this: For the Lord had closed up all the wombs of the house of Amalek because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. So not only does God open wombs, it says that God closes wombs. But I want you to I want you to hear this today, because I'm trying to explain it. This was for judgment. But listen to me. If you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, God will never close your womb for judgment. Never. Because Jesus has already taken your judgment. If you don't ever hear anything, it doesn't matter how long you've been coming to this church. If you never hear anything else that I've ever said in these 15 years, hear me. Please understand this. If you believe in Jesus Christ, God will never punish you for sin because Jesus has already taken that punishment upon the cross. And God is a just God. And he's not going to punish two people for the same sin. But this is what we got in our mind. We think that God's out to get us. Well, let me give you a little heads up here. If God was out to get you, he had already got you. You ain't that bad. (laughs) He'd have took you out. All he has to do, brother John, is not breathe out and you won't breathe in. It's that easy. You ain't ain't running from God. If he wanted you, he'd have took you out, right? But this is this is what religion has done to us. This is how messed up we are. We think, well, we got a flat tire. And yeah, we got a flat tire. And you know what? I know God's punishing me. I didn't have my quiet time with the Lord this morning. I should have took that quiet. I, I know He's punishing me. Because I didn't have my quiet time. Then it starts raining. All right, God, I get it. I get it. I should have taken my quiet time. I I know you're gonna get me. Flat tire is not the judgment of God. Let me give you a little theological reasoning for a flat tire. It's called a nail. You ran over a nail. Right. It's nothing to do with the judgment of God. Right. God does not punish us because we have not had our quiet time or because we haven't done this, that or the other. Should we have our quiet? Yes, we should have our quiet time. But God's not going to judge you and, and, and beat you down because of it. Well, what about when I sin? Well. He said, the goodness of God leads a man to repentance. Amen. So whenever we we are here in his presence and we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God, he's not going to beat us down and judge us over that. Jesus has already carried our sins. We either believe it or we don't. Jesus has already carried our infirmity and our disease. We believe it or we don't. Right? Right? To the cross of Calvary. And so, it, it, whenever sickness comes, God isn't trying to get your attention. People say, well, this sickness is of the Lord. He's just trying to get my attention. How many times did you go to school when you were sick? That's when you stayed home. Because you can't learn when you're sick. Away with this foolishness. Huh? This guilt, this condemnation, this mess that that religion wants to put on you. Jesus in God is good and He's good all the time. He's not a schizophrenic God. And He loves us unconditionally. Unconditionally, He loves us. And so today we can go to Him knowing that, that there is no condemnation. That word condemnation, how many believe that? There is therefore no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit, right? That word condemnation there, it means a sentence or a punishment. So there is therefore now no sentence or punishment to them that are in Christ Jesus. There's no sentence of guilt against you because God said, I love you. So if you're having difficulty conceiving, listen, either in the spirit or in the natural, I want you to understand that it has nothing to do with what you've done wrong. You've got to know that because God doesn't do that. He he punished Jesus for your sin. I am going to show you another place where that he closed the womb and talk about it for just a minute, and then I'm going to show it to you. First Samuel chapter five or excuse me, one and verse five. But Hannah, he that's her husband, would give a double portion for he Hannah's husband, loved Hannah although the Lord had closed her womb. Now he wasn't punishing Hannah, but the Lord had closed her womb. So why would God close her womb? Well, I know some people that couldn't conceive until they adopted. And once they adopted, they conceived. Right, all things work together for the good to them that are called, love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. What am I saying? I'm saying God says that there's this child that we may have not even thought about adoption before, but because we weren't able to conceive for a season, we have opened up our hearts to that, because God wants this child raised up in a Christian home in a Christian environment. Right. And then you open up your heart to it you receive it and you raise this child up and then god opens up the womb sometimes it might be that god just needs you at the right place at the right time he always does how many believe that you're at the divine appointment of god now the words, you was born exactly when you should have been born right And so he works and he does a work in Hannah's heart sometimes God will let us go through a process so he can speak to us in stillness I mean know that you can't be still whenever there's a baby running around but in the stillness God speaks to Hannah's heart Because he needs a Samuel to grow up in the temple of the Lord to be able to hear God's voice at an early age. And Hannah was grateful and she decided to dedicate him to the Lord. And he was doing the work in her heart so that she could train up this young child that at an early age he would know the voice of God. God needs Samuel to be born at the exact time so that he can anoint a David to be king over Israel. You're not here by accident. You're not here by coincidence. There are no such thing as accident babies. He wants your child to be born at the exact time to meet the right mate and there are so many reasons that God does things that we don't always understand it until we look back and then we say oh that's that right there that's good amen let me show you some scriptures about him opening wombs. Of course, we know that Hannah in Genesis 29 and 31, when the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, he opened her womb. Right? Genesis 30 and 20, 22, when God remembered Rachel and God listened to her and opened her womb. The reason I wanted to show you that is because God listened to her. In other words, she prayed. You and I need to pray, right? You and I need to pray the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman. It's not about gender, availeth much, right? And so when you you pray, God listens and he hears. It's important that you pray. Make your requests known to God. It's important. It's scriptural, right? Let's look at Matthew 20 and verse 29 through 34. Now, as they went out of Jericho, a great multitude followed him. And behold, two blind men sitting on the road. And when they had heard that Jesus was passing by, cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord Son of David. And then the multitude warned them, and they that they should be quiet but they cried out all the more saying have mercy on us O Lord son of David and so Jesus stood still and called them and said now listen to what he says what do you want me to do for you right they're blind have mercy on us son of David but then he asked them what do you want me to do for you and they said Lord that our eyes might be opened right That my eyes might be opened. Now how many believe that Jesus would have continued to walk right past them had they not cried out. There is no indication in scripture that he would have ever stopped except they cried out. And it was in their crying out that Jesus stopped in the middle of the road. Some people say, well, he knows what I need. Yeah, but use the rest of the scripture. He knows what you need before you ask. Right? Hitherto you've asked nothing in my name, but asking you shall receive that your joy may be full. Right? And so we've got to ask him that our eyes be opened we ask him that our bodies be healed we ask him that hope is restored Jesus asked blind Bartimaeus what do you want me to do Jesus asked the father you remember when the father uh, had this demonized son and the father says if you can do anything and Jesus says to the essence I can do anything but can you believe? Right? If you can believe, all things are possible to them that believe. Now, now the father gives back this response that, that it's okay to say it. what he said. He said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. He said, I believe it to the best of my ability, but, but I'm limited and I need you to help me in my areas of unbelief. Jesus said to a man that laid at the gate or the pool for 38 years. He asked him a question, "Do you want to be made well?" Why in the world would Jesus ask such a question to a man that's been there for 38 years? He was challenging the power of permanency in his life because when we have dealt with something for a long periods of time, we accept it as normal. We accept it as the way of life. We accept it. this is the way it's going to be the rest of my life because for 38 years I've been this way. And the man started making excuses and said, I don't have nobody to put me in. Every time I get ready, you know, the waters are stirred and troubled and healing comes, but I can't get in quick enough. Then he says, no man will put me in. But Jesus stopped him in the midst of all of his excuses and said, but do you want to be made well? Sometimes we need to quit with our excuses and just answer God's question in our life. Do you want to be whole, spirit, soul, and body? Do you want to be able to see? Do you want to be able to hear? Do you want to be able to stand? Do you want to be able to talk? Do you want to be made whole? Because he's come, the Messiah's come, Jesus has come to make a way in the wilderness that no matter where we are in life, he's brought us salvation. He's brought us hope. Amen. It's important that you ask God for what you want, right? Right. Ask him for what you want. Here's the way that I interpret that verse. He knows what we need, but we've still got to ask, right? The other thing that I love about this, and I'm not uh, linger here because I may do something with it later, but Jesus had compassion and touched their eyes. I've got in my notes, miracles start with compassion. Miracles start with compassion. Whenever you have compassion in your heart, for the sick, when you have compassion in your heart for the lost, when you have compassion in your heart for those that are hurting, those who are broken, those who are in need, it it stirs something that causes, create the miracles of God to begin to operate, amen. They'll work in your life. Miracles start with compassion. I think what we need today is compassion that those who are in the wilderness, those who are lost, those who, have, who know what they need but they haven't asked, that they'll ask a loving Heavenly Father. Right? Because we have created a God that is not God at all. God is not out to get you. He's not out to kill you. He's not out to bring you harm. He's not out to judge you, condemn you. There is no condemnation. There's no sentence. There's no judgment to them that are in Christ Jesus. Well, pastor, how am I ever going to get to God if he don't judge me or he don't beat me down? It's the goodness of God. Have you ever had a parent maybe i know everybody's not been blessed with parents the way i've was but you know i've had my share of belts i've had my share of willow (laughs) switches and it didn't hurt me a bit i'm i'm all right for it some folks need to be reintroduced to that i'm not about Beating kids, but I'm about correcting them. Amen. But I know all about that. But I also know that what would supersede a whipping or a willow switch is whenever I knew I didn't deserve it. But my dad would act like I was the best son on the world and love me unconditionally. You know what that would do to me? It caused me to want to straighten up. It caused me to want to quit doing whatever I was doing that I knew was wrong. And he didn't have to get a belt out. He didn't have to get a switch out. Because he showed me such love and compassion and kindness, I'd want to change what I was doing. That's the love of the Father. (laughs) That's the love of the Father. He loves us unconditionally. And I'm glad he's come and made a way in the wilderness to heal me spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, in every attribute of my life. Are you thankful for that today? Amen. Amen. Stand with me this morning, if you will, for just a moment. We're going to play some music here.